everyone, welcome to another episode of The Last Week Out. Yes. Uh, it is Commander Cutie here at the, what do they call it on a ship? It's not a steering wheel. Uh, the poop deck. The helm. The, the helm. helm. Commander Cutie at the fucking helm right now, dude. And we're, <laughs> and we're getting fucking wild, dude. We got to, oh, dude, I'm fucking stoked right now. The AC works. Mm-hmm. I got a full belly. I was of service to somebody this morning. I helped him out. It was dope as hell, dude. And fucking, I don't even know where I'm going right now, but we're just gonna go, dude. We're just head, we're 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 going when the wind takes us, dude. That's right. That's what we're doing, like a dude. Leaf, dude. That's what we're doing, dude. To my left, you guys already know what it is. It's Papito himself, dude. And to the listeners from last week, Poppy wasn't here, and it got fucking wild, bro. Cause we're some fucking wild kids, dude. And we talked about some crazy shit. So I just wanna. Yeah, that is true. I wanna Everything apologize, I anything, dude. You can mm-hmm. put on a stick. They were telling right me about it. <laughs> I want to apologize. Our episodes are not going to always be like that, dude, because Poppy's going to be here, dude. Poppy, when Poppy makes a commitment, dude, fucking Papito's there, bro, and you don't got to fucking worry about a thing, dude. So we're going to get back to the normal the normal flow of things today, dude. We're not going to talk about shitting in bags and fucking all kinds of other stuff. So I, Then why I'm, am I here? Yeah. Yeah, well, if you got a shit in a bag story, you just holler at us, bro. We'll talk about it, dude. We'll fucking talk about it, dude. So yeah, we got Alt-Right Anthony to the left, dude, and we got fucking... <laughs> Hey, yo, last week when they were telling me, they were like, we got to get you on the show. And they were like, alt right and Chad was like, I should probably stop calling him that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I am the alt-right if you take this demograph as the only people, you know. If someone's got to be on the left, someone's got to be on the right. I try and slow us down. I'll go as deep as you'll let me. Yeah, does that sound like that? That sounds pretty good, dude. Sounds like a lefty to me. Hey, dude, we got, we got fucking Cuzzy Wuzzy on the ones and twos over here. Mr. Fucking David Slack, bro. The I'm fucking actually dude. a cat. He actually resembles a cat. It's pretty dope. Tony Douchman himself. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys caught our live video, hey. we did. We went through every single drop that we that we have and uh, explained the origin of it. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. And then we got we got me, dude. Chud, Chudzy Wubsy, aka Chudders, aka fucking Chatterfer, aka just Chad. AKA you know don't saying? be chat at me. AKA, don't be chat at AKA me. don't be chat at me, bro. That's we're right. gonna, yeah, we're gonna get into that today, dude. But real quick, man, we got a couple fucking sponsors, bro. So you that lo fi banger, you heard that from Devin J. Hancock. Follow him on Instagram. He's got a bunch of dope shit in production going on right now. It's I like dope. that. Me too. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's pretty dope, dude. I like it a lot too, man. We got some dope banners, we got some dope artwork from the one and only Miss Sissy Art, dude. You can mm. follow her on Instagram as well. She's making t shirts, mugs, whatever ever bro she'll make it for you dude and it's gonna be custom and it's gonna be art and it's gonna be weird and it's gonna be tight dude and it's gonna look real good in your house bro mm-hmm. and then we got a fucking real special sponsor dude butt out e-cigs man you need Ding, any- butt, good big butt fucking big old butt dude fuck, I fucking at the one hand i love the drops and the other hand i hate when you fucking drop when i'm in the middle of i feel like shit fucking sentence dude when i'm in the middle of a thought when i'm in the dude oh when i'm fucking going through oh. thought castle bro and you're doing that shit to me i don't fucking like it bro you go to thought castle you just thought castle <laughs> Thotania, dude. You live there. That could have two, that's two different places. <laughs> welcome, bro. Welcome to the inside of my mind, dude. It's like you're going to Thought Castle, so that's in your head. Thought or you're Castle. going to Thought Castle, which is probably just like cheetahs on sevens. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
nothing the nickname for highlighter either. <laughs> hey, uh, the so okay, real quick, dude, real quick, bro. You get onto the buttouteesigs.com website, bro. You type in last week on the promo code. What are last they going to get, Anthony? They're going to get twenty percent off their entire purchase. Oh, did thing? I hear that right? Twenty. Twenty percent off, dude. And that's more than any other company's given any other podcast for their <laughs> listeners, dude. It's either ten percent, fifteen percent, maybe nineteen, or like mm-hmm. fucking Postmates, like a hundred dollars yeah. in free delivery. It's like for one week. You yep. expect me to order a hundred dollars worth of delivery in one week? But they're we like, yeah, take. our delivery fees are thirty dollars an order. Yeah, Postmates, we're not knocking you though. We yep. will take your sponsorship. You know what I mean? Ring Postmates, any of you guys? But yeah, we will. We will. Quick story: a couple weeks ago, the old ladies' uh, family reunion out in Buffalo, New York. Dude, Buffalo never done it. And uh, so I'm like, fuck, well, she ain't home. I ain't making breakfast, so I order I order Uber Eats, right? I get Uber Eats. Homie brings it by. He throws, he rolls through in the Cadillac. I'm like, what's up? Gives me the food. Give him a tip. Cool. Lunchtime rolls around. I'm like, I already ordered Uber Eats, so I'm going to Postmates it this time, bro. <laughs> I Postmates it, and I'm like, I recognize that name, dude. And like, homie pulls up, and he's like, what up? Good to see you. And I'm like, what do I do? Oh, shit. Shit. He's driving both sides? Both sides, bro. He was my delivery oh, yeah. driver twice in one Thus day. Thus begins dude. the shame spiral. Man. Oh, I was like, I felt so bad because I still had the garbage from the last order sitting in the living room. Dude. Did like, you see if he would take it for you? <laughs> You're like, hey, hey, trade will you, me. Will you, you, you take this? So anyways, dude, 20% off your fucking order, bro. Get on there. And they'll give you whatever you want, bro. Last week out in the promo code, we got a special guest. Every guest is special because we're doing a real special thing. Thing right here dude hashtag don't be fucking chat at me dude he's a rapper he's a father he's just that kind of dude you talk to and you're like this dude's cool and i just want him to be my fucking friend like straight up bro also i feel like he could sell me anything he can convince me to do anything dude you know what i'm saying and that's fucking mr c leech in the house yeah dude. yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, man it's good to be here all right it's man. good to be here no joke the first episode you guys dropped i was like i hope i'm on there one day oh <laughs> dude, immediately well and and you've made episode 20 slack was telling us uh today that this episode 20 it feels yeah, like that's a wild. milestone that's wild that it's already been 20 episodes right yeah because that's 20 weeks if we put 50 that's episode a week that's Wait. half a year almost <laughs> That's a fraction of a fucking decade right there, bro. That's that's no that's joke, one, man. That's one seventy seconds of a fucking of a year, dog. Because like <laughs> when, not when true. you guys put the first episode out, I was like, that's cool. Like for me, like I see stuff like that, and I'm like, we'll see if they stick with it, mm. right? And so like that it, the fact that it's still going on and that I get to be here, episode twenty, that's that's big. This could yeah. be our last though. Yeah, hopefully not. We're doing. We're we're feeling like we're yeah. getting the role of it. And we we're super grateful for everyone who's been listening, and I think we're getting the the hang of everything. I know. I'm feeling better. Chad's just I'm like, feeling good, bro. We got loyal Chad. members of the matriarchy, dude. They're engaging on mm-hmm. Instagram, bro. Mm-hmm. And I just fucking love you guys so much, dude. Well, and, and so thanks for coming. Yeah, of course. And I want to run through a little bit about you. I, uh, I know you, you know, kind of passingly, mm-hmm. but we've had quite a few side conversations. And I feel like I know a couple of big things about you. But what I want to start with is kind of where you come from. Where were you born at? Where were you raised at? What's your life been like? Uh, two questions, one answer, man. Miami, Arizona. I'm born and raised in Miami, Arizona. I didn't even oh, know there was a Miami, shit. Arizona. Yeah. I didn't know you could be born there. Yeah. A lot of people, <laughs> it's actually funny. It's because a lot of people don't make it out of there. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people just get stuck Tell in me that about town. It. What is it? Uh, so it's really a mining town. Okay. Right? Like, so there's a, my mom came over here from Kentucky. My mom's from Kentucky. My dad's from Chicago. And she used to work for the mines in Kentucky, like in the mines. 
Your mom did. Yeah, I've seen pictures of her down in the tunnels and shit with a hard hat and the whole the whole deal. You know what I mean? A tough lady. Yeah, man. Like I never knew that about her, and then like she showed me a picture, and I was like, I was like, you savage, mom. I'm like, that's no <laughs> joke, man. Um, but yeah, like there's a it's a, like if that mine shut down, that town's gonna disappear. It's gonna be gone. It'll be gone. No other reason to live there. Like literally, everybody in the town either works for the mine or services the people that work for the mine. But they Straight trick up. you though. That's good though. Miami, come to Miami, baby. Yeah. Miami. You think oh, I'm in it's Miami? It's funny too. Anytime people are like, cause like because of where my mom's from and where my dad's from, I have like I guess a different accent from like a regular Arizona born person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people be like, "Where are you from?" And I'm always like, "Miami." Yeah. <laughs> Like, what brings you out here? I'm like, it's only like 80 miles away. (laughs) Miami, puppy. Yeah. Well, Arizona's got some weird towns like Baghdad. There's a Baghdad, Arizona. I don't know what's going on there. Miami. Snowflake. Baghdad, that's that's another mining town. Nope. Look at this, man. You know more than you think. My mom used to have to go out there for work all the time. That's fucking crazy because I've driven through a couple of those places and I'm like, this is weird. Jerome, too, used to be a big mining town, but then now it's become like a hipster. Yeah. Yeah. So cool story about so there's Globe in Miami out there, right? It's all basically the same place. Globe was around first, I think, and uh, so like Wyatt Earp's been through there, like Doc Holiday, Doc Holiday's old lady, Big Nose Kate, used to run uh, <laughs> Big Nose Kate. Big Nose Kate. <laughs> she used to run hookers and Chinese slaves in Globe. There's tunnels under the city that she used to like. She used to run people through. Are they still like uh, I, I want to say serviceable, but like usable? You could see them and look at the. I've been in still? them. Whoa! I've been in them. I mean, it's been a long time. I don't know if they've been washed out. They're they're pretty wild, right? Because there's some areas where you can stand up, and there's some areas where you got to crouch down to get through them, and you're just like basically crawling through the tunnels. Yeah, because we we kind of forget, bro. Like that's the like Arizona's the wild west, oh, yeah. bro. It was lawless, dude. Oh yeah. Like people people were getting raped, and murdered. Like oh, yeah. the crazy shit was happening. Like if you had something I wanted, yeah. I'm gonna get it from you. Oh I'm yeah. Gonna fucking slice your throat to get it. And I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I was just watching Deadwood. Oh, that's a good show, man! I just start. I just got into it. I just finished it. And I'm like, that's what it was like out here. Like, mm. That's wild. Just take it. Yeah, just like there's definitely legal ways to murder somebody back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, you just called me a liar. I'm taking your life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm clapping you right here yeah. in the saloon. Me, you. <laughs> yeah. So, did you have siblings? Yeah, I have. Uh, I have an older sister from my mother, and I have an older sister from my father. Okay. So I have two half sisters, so I have one whole sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, my my oldest sister, she lives she was born in Kentucky. Okay. So she was born out there in Kentucky for my mom's first marriage. Um that dude sucked. I hope I never meet him. Yeah. I hope I never meet my sister's dad. I get that. Like I hope I never meet his ass. Uh-huh. Um but then my dad had my second oldest sister. Um, she lives up, uh, not too far from here, actually. I think like up on Greenway. Um, but yeah, I just grew up. The my dad's daughter. I didn't even know she existed till I was eleven. Cause she stayed with her mom. Yeah, and he just never told me that, about her. Yeah, and I'd seen her before, like her grandparents. So I actually grew up in Roosevelt, okay. out by Roosevelt Lake, and her grandparents had a had a spot out there, and so she'd come out every summer. And I'd seen her around before, and I didn't really think anything of it, because it was just like, oh, there's some kid I don't know. Uh, and then I'm like 11 years old, and my dad's like, do you want to meet your sister? Man, Ooh, That's dangerous. That what if you would have gone been... like 10 more years, and you guys are like, hey, Kissing. how you doing? You went on a date or something. Weird, Woo! right? It's real weird. That's got to fuck you up, bro, because I remember when I found out, <laughs> 
When I found out that my aunt knew my grandfather because it was his daughter, I was around 11 years old, but she came around and I was like, how you know Grandpa Phil? I was like, how, how do you how you know Grandpa Phil? And she's like, that's my dad. I'm like, what you mean that's your dad? That's my dad's dad. That's my grandpa. What you mean your dad? What You're you my aunt. About? How is that your dad? <laughs> yeah, that don't make no damn sense, Aunt Tara. <laughs> So you grow up in Miami. <laughs> you grow up in Miami. Your sister is that you're, you're meeting later. But what was your childhood like? What kind of kid were you? Uh, so my dad owned uh, like a resort. Okay. I guess you could call it that. I mean, it's not necessarily like a resort like you would think of like on the beach and shit like that. But mm-hmm. Roosevelt Lake Resort, uh, he owned that. It's like a restaurant, bar, motel. Yeah. He owned the trailer park out there. Um, was so he like, pretty connected out there? Like people... Yeah, like Cloud everybody Lord. knows everybody. We're talking that whole place is maybe as big as this neighborhood. Oh, wow. So you know what I mean? Like you know everybody. Your dirt gets around. Yeah, like you know everybody from the babies to the oldest person there. Everybody knows everybody. It's not like a when people say everybody knows everybody, like everybody knows everybody. I got it. Like there's cats who know me since the day I was born, you know? Yeah. Um, For me, it was always weird, right? Because it was like I was the kid whose dad owned everything. Yep. So, like, we weren't, like, it's not, like, rich kid stuff, you know what I mean? Like, we still live in the fucking boonies, you know what I mean? Like, we're out in the fucking sticks, so, like, I'm out getting dirty and fucking myself up just like every other kid, but it's, like, I definitely got treated differently because it was, like, my dad owned all that shit. Yeah, you were upper, lower, middle class. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was, like... And it wasn't like I had all the new shit, nothing like that. Like, my pops is a very smart individual. Like, he's good with his money, and, like, he doesn't... I couldn't just be like, hey, Dad, can I get this? And he'd be like, sure. Yeah. He'd be like, no. <laughs> you want Jays, but you're getting shacks from Walmart. Bro, I had shacks. I, I had a one, all that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved shacks. it, you know what I mean? Like, I loved all that <laughs> shit. Like, I had a lot of love in my family, but, like, I mean, my dad, he... He's an asshole, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. he's, he's a real abrasive individual because yeah. he's real smart. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, growing up in Chicago, it's not like he's just, like, this happy-go-lucky fella. You know what I mean? He's real abrasive, like... Not he, agreeable. He hates stupidity, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's educated, he's a smart person, but, like, he resents people with lower intelligence levels. You know what I mean? It's not like he just knows he's smarter. He hates you because he's smarter than oh, you. He doesn't you know tolerate what I mean? it. Yeah. And then my mom, you know, she great woman she was my best friend growing up like 100 percent. she was a mother but like we had a lot of laughter a lot of good times like we were friends too which is weird um so growing up with that you know like him always being at work my mom would come home she's an alcoholic you know what i mean so she'd come home and a lot of the times if she had like a bad day at work i would get the brunt of it right Mm -hmm. even as a kid right like she'd be she'd be mad at me I'd be like, don't be mad at me. <laughs> but she'd be mad at me, right? Like, she'd, be, she'd take out her issues on me, which, like, being who I am, being who we are, like, I get it now. But back then, I used to be like, I don't know why she's always, like, I don't know why she's taking this shit out on me that she's got going on at work. Right. Um, what kind of culture did you grow up in? Were you skateboarder? Were you listening? Uh, what kind of music? What I didn't know like? who I was. Yeah. I had no idea who I was. Okay. Um, You guys I, come down to Phoenix a lot? Was that, like, a... The, destination coming down here thing? was yeah, yeah, coming down here was like a treat, right? Yeah. Like coming down to the valley, like oh, going to the city. Uh so like we'd come down my grandpa lived down here over by uh sixtieth street in Thomas, I think. Yeah. Um great area now. 
Yeah, like I drove through there not too long ago and I was just like, man, like I used to come down here and this was like vacation. Like this was like, man, I'm out. Like I'm out of the, I'm out of Globe. I'm out of Roosevelt. I'm down in the city. Mm-hmm. And like driving through there was wild because he, he passed a while back, but it was, it was wild to see it as an adult. Like it's wild to see the shit that I've seen as a kid, as an adult. Yeah, it's like going back to Disneyland. Yeah. It's different than I remember. But for me, like, I wanted to be something, right? So I tried to get into a lot of shit. Like, I rode bikes. Because out there in Roosevelt, like, it's all dirt and everything, right? So, like, we'd go build trails and jumps and shit like that out in the desert. You know what I mean? Like, encounters with mountain lions type shit. And mm. it's like, that wasn't strange. That's, that's strange to me. Right. But it's like, it wasn't strange. I mean, like, grew up around javelinas and shit and all that. And, like, mm-hmm. there'd be bears in people's backyards sometimes. Um, but for me, like, my dad wanted me to play sports, right? So I got... I'm not, like, a superstar at any sport, but I can play any sport. Yeah, what do you like the most? I always liked football. Mm-hmm. I always liked football. But then again, like, I always liked basketball. I always liked baseball. Yeah. Because my dad was, like, one of those dudes. He teaches you the fundamentals of things. And so, like, I could play any sport. Like, you can ask Susan. She'll be like, I've, like, never really bowled before. I went bowling with her and her dad and picked it up like that. Yeah. You so know, you're the mean? jack of all trades. Yeah, master of master none. Master of none. Yeah. I yeah. Get it's it. like I could do anything, but I probably won't be the best at anything. Right. As far as that goes. So like I was trying to figure that out. Um real smart kid. I'm really smart. You know what I mean? Like I skipped second grade, first grade. They just let you do that out there? I, no, I was like halfway through the year and like they were like, Hey like they sat me down and they brought me into a meeting and it was weird because they let me make the decision. You're gonna get a promotion today. They were like, hey, they were like, you get your work done before everybody else, and then you get in trouble because you have nothing to do. <laughs> They're like, so we're thinking we're just going to move you to second grade for the rest of the year. You should have been like, just jump my ass in the fourth grade. What's, what's up? I didn't even know, like, I mean, what age are you in first grade? You know what I mean? I don't know. Six? Six, yeah. yeah. They were like, do you want to do that? And I was just like, I look at my dad, you know what I mean? He's, He's like. like <laughs> I'm just like I'm like yes yes I want to do boy. I bet you your dad remembers that day so much different than you your dad went home like I'm raising a fucking genius he's like I did it look what I, <laughs> look what I made yeah, he's like I did it he's like we're so early on in this and it's already confirmed your peasants are still in first grade my yeah. kids already in second which was wild dude that threw me into a whole new life mm-hmm. everybody's older than me everybody's bigger than me like the next day you know what I mean well being the younger kid at least the way I remembered it like I think my birthday fell at that cusp of like I was the younger kid mm-hmm. in school and that was always pretty cool. I didn't mind that so much. Being the oldest one, I feel like, was the tougher area. Yeah, because it's yeah, like, why tell are me you about here? it. Yeah, why? Are you <laughs> 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 Fucking granddaddy slack over there, dude. <laughs> Grandpa, Papa. Papa. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> my nickname on the podcast, Pop Pop. Pop Pop. Pop Pop. I like it. So, how long you keep doing good at school? Did you follow through, finish high school? Yeah, how long you keep doing good at school? No. Um, How long this last? Sixth grade. And then what? I don't know. I like to think that it was like puberty. Uh-huh. Might have been what it was. Um, girls. Yep. Uh, starting to... That's when the class clown shit started to kick in, right? So, like, that's that when was I started you? seeking you were a, attention. You were a joker? Yeah. I was always the dude who got kicked out of class and was sitting outside. Me too, man. All the time. So, like, mm-hmm. I loved it, right? Because then you get to see people going to the bathroom. You're like, what's up, motherfucker? Like, uh-huh. 
It's like I had no interest in school. You had so much potential, Chris. I had a lot of potential. Yeah. I had a I have a lot of potential. Your jokes were good, but God, imagine if you just stayed down with that math stuff, dude. I never made it out of pre-algebra my whole high school career. Mm. Goddamn shame. <laughs> I got an A in geometry. <laughs> when I went to the alternative school, they took they had us in geometry. I got an A in that shit. So you had to go mm. to the school with the metal detectors? It wasn't that bad, but yeah. it was like people were like, you could like bust rails on your desk in the middle of class. Ooh, you know what I mean? That sounds worse than having metal detectors. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Like it was, we would like... It was like that whole school was probably the size of this house. Yeah, yeah. busting rails, by the I way. I love alternative schools because that's what I had to go to, bro. When yeah. I hit the alternative school, I was like, oh, this is all the homies that do drugs, yeah. fight, get in trouble, Straight get up. kicked out of school, don't show up to school. Come drunk. Like, Come drunk. They're like, check it out. We're going to put all you guys in the center of the city next to the skate park, yeah. okay? You're going to go to school Monday through Thursday, block scheduling, and you're yeah. going to go from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m., so when you get out, it's fucking party time, Monday think, through Sunday. Do you think how they pick the teachers, like, you kind of, like, f messed up at the public school, and they're like, you got to go teach at the alternative school now, man. I don't know. Kind of like when the cops are out there to, like, directing traffic. Like, yeah. you know that dude fucked up. Yeah, he fucked up. Because he's not, he's just like, oh, this. Yeah. So it's like the alternative school teachers. Well, like, some of those, some of those teachers? teachers, some of those teachers wanted that job. I was just gonna say, they some of them are like, job. they're like, yeah, give me the fuck ups. Oh, they love the dream. Yeah, mm -hmm. they want to be that person that somebody writes a book about later on. Do you, you remember I mean? it? You got one of those at the alternative school? No. They want to be Samuel L. Jackson in that fucking not in that movie. Uh, one eight seven. Yeah, bro, they want to be. Don't nobody want to be Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Samuel L. Jackson in what? Don't nobody want to be him. What about uh, the substitute? Wasn't that what it was called? I don't remember. He like, like comes in the school and then he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise these kids. It's like Tom Berenger or some shit, wasn't it? I don't even remember. I, I'm like vaguely remembering the movie. Shit, I don't know. Substitute came in. I'm going through your purse. That's just what it is. <laughs> so the alternative school, like think, think Dangerous Minds. Okay, got it. That's what the alternative school is. Is that classroom? You know what I mean? Where it's like, no, we all, like he said, like we all get high, we all fight, we come to school drunk, like. We would have times where like we texted somebody and you, I when I said that I was like oh whoops yeah I got that one listen to this one guys come drunk <laughs> <laughs> oh we would like so we'd be in different classes and somebody text you and be like yo come tell Mr Gordon that Mr Rose wants to see him <laughs> so you'd be like can I go to the bathroom you go down there you'd be like hey Mr Gordon Mr Rose wants to see you he's like all right hey guys I'll be right back he goes out we all hop out the fucking window. <laughs> Yeah. Like we climb out of the window to go just get drunk all day instead of being in school. We got to get one of those teachers on here. Man, can you imagine? Mm, I can't. So you go to the alternative school, then what? Well, the reason I even got there is because I got I got popped with some weed at school. So I got mm. kicked out of school. I got put on juvenile drug court. Um, I get there and I'm just like, oh, this is not the place to send someone to change their ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, everybody here has weed. Everybody That's where you here. go to refine your skills. Yeah, it's where you're just like, how did I get caught? And they're like, well, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. um, I made it there maybe half a half <laughs> a school year. And then we I got kicked out of there because we were smoking weed in the bathroom. And again, we're talking about a building maybe this size. So it's like you smoke some weed in any one of these rooms, everybody's going to smell it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude. tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> 
I go to jail that like that just started a cycle for me, right? So you like, went to juvie? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, which sucked. I remember the first time I the first time I was in there, mm-hmm. I was 13. Yeah. My mom was drunk mm. and she's fucking with me, right? And I uh I had real stunted growth, right? I was on like Adderall and shit when I was a kid, so I had real stunted growth. And I'm still like I'm impressed with myself for pulling this off, but I mean, you shouldn't do this to your mom, but she was super drunk and fucking with me, and I was just fed up with it. I hop up on the couch, I jump up, I grab her in a headlock, and I bring her down to the ground. You took her on the DDT, dude, oh, off the dude. top row. I'm dude. telling you, it was like I was like, man, like as a, looking back, I'm like that was kind of impressive that I pulled that Diamond off at such a young age, dude. Chill yeah, out. I was like, boom, like brought her down to the ground. You know what I mean? And because uh, I was just sick of it, you know what I mean? I was sick of her yelling at me and shit. And then like so funny like i just put her like in a headlock right i'm not like hitting her or nothing like that and i like immediately let her go yeah yeah and she's like i'm calling the cops she's like <laughs> she's like is that why you ended up in juvie that's the first time oh no the first time and check this out she's like i'm calling the cops sit your ass on the couch till they get here like 45 minutes it oh. took for the cops to get there You're yeah because this was out in roosevelt so all the cops are like in miami in globe so they got to drive out Oh my god! And it's like looking back at it, it's like I could have just like gone for a walk and waited till they left. <laughs> like, but yeah, I they just weren't like, gonna look for you. Sat there for forty five minutes, and they come and pick me up, and take <laughs> me to juvie. Did and your just, mom give a fair representation of what you had done to her? Was she like, I don't? He remember. jumped on the couch, then he jumped on I the. Wait, I hope so. He threw me in it, clean stance, straight down. I hope so. I hope she was like, there was nothing I could do to defend it. <laughs> he put <laughs> me in a full Nelson, <laughs> made me, like, made me lick my own titties. Man, I was like, damn. Have you thought about putting this boy into professional? Yeah, wrestling? like he'd probably do great on the force. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, I remember going in there and I just cried all night. No kidding. Oh, sob. Stark, like that moment when you realized you were stuck there. As soon as they shut that door, dude. So in like in the in that little like juvie center there, they have like a little intercom mm-hmm. in the room where like if you need something, you can like ask for it. Not yeah. that they'll give it to you. Yeah, but you that, can ask no for one, it. Once you're in county, that button. It worked. Like, are you sure it works? You could hear yourself down in the in the the bubble. The guards are just like. And they'd like they'd answer back through the intercom. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm hitting that button, screaming and crying, just like I don't belong here. Oh <laughs> Let me out. Yeah, we used to tell people when in county, we'd be like, Yeah, hit the button, man. Hit you the get button. extra blankets. You get extra blankets, <laughs> yeah. dude. Go ahead, hit that button, and they'd hit it, and they just get washed yeah. by a correction officer. Don't press that fucking button unless, unless we you're tell bleeding. You to. Yeah. <laughs> you do not touch that button. And that was wild, man, because, like, that next morning when, you know, you wake up and there's, like, five other kids in there that I know. Yeah. And they're just, like, it's cats I haven't seen in a while, you know what I mean? So, I'm, like, I wonder where they've been. And then I see them and I'm, like, here. And they're, like, what up? (laughs) Like, we heard you last night. Yeah, they're, like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Were you crying last night? And I'm, I'm like, yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know the rules and shit at this point, right? This is my first interaction with incarceration, right? Oh, I got a fucking story for that. All right, come on, dude. (laughs) All right, we'll fucking detour real quick, bro, dude. All right, so I was getting, I'm just going to skip past as fast as I can, dude. I'm getting processed into the Department of Corrections, bro. And I don't fucking know if I'm supposed to be racist or not. 
All I know is like we're fucking no. We're all, we're all the answer is no. For our listeners, it's no. Prison, there's different rules. I don't know. I've never been. Well, but you I've know, heard. I was conf- I, get what I was asking. fucking confused, bro. I know we're all walking. And this dude's like, all oh, the white boys at the back of the line. We're sitting together, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna end racism. Yeah, here. white boys. <laughs> but like the way it worked, that was it was like it was a couple Mexican dudes, and then me and the rest of the white people. So they're filing us into the room to sit down. It's like tables of four. Yeah. You know, they're like you there, you there you there you there you there and it was like Mexican dude Mexican dude Mexican dude guard looks at me looks at the seat says you there and I said nah <laughs> he grabbed me and he said you there and I was like okay and I, fucking, I fucking sit down dude and I look up bro and I got these three dudes with face tattoos looking at me they're like what's up you don't you don't like Mexicans and I was like I just looked at him and they just looked at me and they just go, ah, it's all good, bro. It don't matter. <laughs> they like, they looked at my number. They're like, it's okay, fish. It's all good. Yeah. Hey, you going to eat that though? Yeah. They're, like, yeah. like, they're no. like, no, we're your friends. Give us your tray. <laughs> <laughs> I legit thought I was about to get killed in that moment right there. Cause I didn't know. I was like, I'm supposed oh, to be racist. That's yeah. your white boys sit together. Now yeah. here I am sitting with three Mexican dudes. Yeah. You're you like, oh, I'm in trouble. Man. You made it out of there alive. So uh, you go to you go to juvie. I know we're gonna take a break here in the next couple of minutes. Damn, we're at thirty minutes. I know already. we've been Holy we've shit. been laughing and have a good time. We'll get it through a lot after the break. But so you get out of juvie. When do you move out of your parents' house? I wouldn't say I moved out as much as I was kicked out. Yeah, when was that? Um, whoa, probably like eighteen. Yeah, because my my parents had that. They got that mentality where it's like, no, we own you till you're of age. And then you got to go. Yeah. So like it was, it was like the attempts at grounding me type shit until then. Uh huh. But I mean, by eight, I got my GED when I was 15. Yeah. Like I didn't, I went to my first rehab when I was 14. So at 18, what were your ambitions? Like, what were you thinking you were going to do with your life? Sell dope. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was dope back then? Like, or out in Miami? Whatever. Whatever. Heroin, meth. There were like, there were. There were like blocks where there was one drug, right? So like oh, meth was for like three years. That's mm-hmm. super convenient. No, I don't mean like blocks like neighborhoods, oh. like blocks of time. <laughs> that's no, this is the meth corner. This is meth corner. There was that too, though. Like you knew <laughs> what house to go to for that. You knew what house to go to for some black, like. Yeah. Um, I don't fucking know if I'm supposed to be racist or not. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we all just let that one play. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't talk over that one. At yeah, all. we all just kind of looked at each other and were like, "I thought that too." So much incriminating drops. Dude. But um, yeah, like there was a going to the alternative school. I got introduced to meth. Yeah, and like that's the first time I started doing meth. And like, bro, I'm telling you, we'd be in class and I'd just be spun out watching the faces of death videos. <laughs> Yeah, that's scary, dude. And that's why scary. I'm always like... You're a scary young man. I'm always like, that's the most evil drug, right? Because like, that shit just fucks your head up, dude. Mm-hmm. Like Anything goes on that shit, right? Okay. It's like, you'll do anything for heroin, but you'll allow anything for meth. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you'll do some wild shit for, for I, heroin, I but you'll gay, let but anybody I'll, do whatever I ain't for gay, meth. but I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, Perfect, I, customer. I, 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 yeah. Perfect customer. Perfect <laughs> customer. All right, well, we got, so I know, here's what I know about you now. We're going to take a break, but here's what I know about you now. You're dead. You're running a tight ship. You are in a long-term relationship. 
you are doing the right stuff. You're mm. man, you're a good man in the community. So we got a lot of ground to cover when we get mm. back here. But I appreciate everything we've done up until this point. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Yes, sir. BRB, that's shorthand for be right back. Be right back. <laughs> Good evening, my friends. It's Commander Cutie, Mr. Chudsy Wubsy from the Last Week Out podcast, and we've got some exciting news for y'all. Over here at the Last Week Out podcast, we are produced by Slack Media LLC, and they have a special promotion going on right now. If you are a two-legged homo sapien or a millennial who just had a meaningful conversation and have the urge to put it on the internet, we're just the people for the job. We record, edit, and update and post fuck update and post what the fuck is update why did i say update you can update stuff i guess you can update stuff listen dude you want to fucking do a podcast guess what we're the ones that can do it for you we can edit mix master and produce the whole thing and we can help you figure out do you know what an rss feed is because i sure did it when i started this but because of slack media now i do so if you have a podcast and you want to get it started and you want to skip all the difficult stuff Go ahead and email slackmediallc at gmail and or you can and or fuck god damn it dude and or and or 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 you can slide in our DMs at the last week out on Instagram. Get on in there. Love you. Bye. Calculate the kind of cracking commas. Don't be so quick to make a promise. Put that on, baby. We'll come for your baby mamas. All that drama really ain't for me. Rather keep a G and get the money. Oh, you want the same shit and we should collab? <laughs> Fuck, I look like dummy. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me, no. I ain't the reason you fucking up your money. So don't be mad at me. I, I ain't the reason your bitch keep acting funny. So don't be mad at me, no. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. Uh uh. Don't be mad at me. I ain't the reason you fucking up your money. So don't be mad at me. No. Don't be chatting me. Don't be chatting me. <laughs> yeah, that shit was fire, bro. Hey, one of my boys from back in the day actually posted on his story, and it was one of the frames of you with the Bible. And I just hit him. I was like, I was like, the homie C. Leach, and he's like, you know him? No way. What? Yeah, bro. I'll show you the that, DM, dude. bro. It's my boy too from way back in the day, dude. And like, I was like, it's reaching, bro. That's wild. It's fucking reaching, dude. Dude, I was checking the the spotify stats on it right because like you can when you have all your shit verified and all that you can like track your stats yep mm -hmm. i've had i got a hit in germany budapest greece jakarta fucking indonesia whoa you know what i mean like yeah. i'm just like damn dude people have heard my shit on like yep. a way other side of the world Oof. Because it slaps, bro. Yeah, Thank it's good. You. It stuff. fucking slaps. I like. I was bumped it the other day with Elijah in the car, and he's like, 
I know who the, I know who this is. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, bro. So jumping right back in, man. So we we got a lot of ground to cover, and I and I told you I love the first thirty that we've done, kind of talking about where you were at, and kind of you know, for lack of better terms, you'd say a misguided youth, mm-hmm. right? And now we're here, and you're making music. People are listening to it. You mm-hmm. seem focused. You're putting together a beautiful life, man. So what I need to know is I need to hear a little bit about the transition into the man that you are today. Like, what was the precipice of change? When did that happen for you? Uh, was there, like, one incident? Was it grace? Was it whatever it was? And then outside of that, what I need to know is a lot about how you're pursuing this passion. Because I know so many people who have talents and skills, and either it's fear or... Uh, some of the socio pressures that happen in life or just like the realities of life, you know, you got a baby. Mm-hmm. And so we we're touching on that. So start from the top. The first question is, you know, when did the transition happen into the man you are right now? Um, so I wouldn't say it was a, a an isolated incident. Okay. Uh, there was a, a brief period in time where just like everybody started going to prison or dying. Everybody I was around was going to prison or dying. Mm-hmm. Like everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shit, I got real desensitized to that because mm-hmm. of how much of it was going on and how much of it I had to just face. And so it got to the point where there was so much of it happening and I saw the effect it was having on people's families. I saw the effect it was having on parents, uh, siblings, children. And it got to the point where I had two choices, right? And it was either you're going to go to treatment or you're going to go to prison. And my whole time growing up, the goal was to get to prison, right? Because it's like you go to prison... It's like being made. Mm-hmm. Street like cred. It's, it's like being made, right? Like if you already have a good street rep, you got to go to get made, right? You got to go do a couple years. You got to do go do a five piece, something like that, and get made. I mean, you got to get in touch with the dudes who were running the streets before you. Let Make sure they know you. Then you come back. You're certified. You inherit the wisdom. Yeah. So you get that game, right? How to fix your mistakes. And that's that was always the goal. Like it was legitimately a goal to go to prison at some point. And it got to the point where that wasn't a thing anymore. Like, I didn't want to go to prison anymore. And I had no other choice. So for me, it was like, I have a single choice, and that's to get my shit straight. Mm -hmm. And so I took the steps necessary to get my shit straight. Yeah. Uh, So it wasn't a single incident. Uh, It was probably a combination of all of those that you mentioned. What would you say is the biggest testament to you changing, though? Like, when you look back in hindsight, you're like, I couldn't have changed without that. Um understanding and actually getting like an eyewitness account that recovery being sober can actually be fun okay and can actually be profitable you know what <laughs> i mean like people get sober and change their fucking lives you know I mean get good jobs get like make money right well and i think what you're doing right now as a uh man who's not using drugs and alcohol it's like you're definitely a minority in the industry oh yeah you know and so that's really cool that you are who you are and you're doing what you're doing. So uh, with the music, how long was the music a part of your life? I think I first rapped when I was like 15, 16. Yeah. We were smoking some bud somewhere, you know what I mean? And somebody threw a beat on and it was like rap. Oh, yeah. And Not even shit. like on a laptop, just a circle. Oh, just like a flip phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> somebody threw a, somebody was recording on the phone and we had like a beat playing through a speaker that was yeah, plugged yeah. into a CD yeah, one player. Of, yeah, one of the homies playing instrumental. The other one's recording yeah. on the phone. You might do a few lighter clicks. Nah, you know it's I mean? just like rap. <laughs> <laughs> the beat's on go. And I remember like 
people heard that shit in the school. Like, people would come up to me a couple days later and be like, yo. Oh, you were nice from the beginning. I wouldn't, like, looking back, I wouldn't say I was nice because we're talking, I was off the top of the head rapping, right? Yeah. So a lot of motherfucks, a lot of just, like, repetition. Yeah, a yeah, lot of, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was spitting, you know what I mean? But it was like, I wasn't saying nothing, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. like, what you want to know about? Listen, like, I remember listening to it. My voice was so high-pitched. <laughs> can, we, hey, can we get that recording? Oh, that's <laughs> long oh, gone. My God, that God. was long gone. I put some cream cheese in a gold locket. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> the Milanakis, man. Okay. Yeah, bro. Um, but, yeah, that's where it started. Uh it wasn't really ever a thing after that like people it, it becomes a joke most of the time if you could rap right like people be like oh freestyle freestyle and you just like get to the point where you're like fucking no like yeah. no um i ended up in my homie jose up in miami uh had a studio in his basement and he used to call it uh, gbe ghetto basement entertainment okay um and i was over there like selling some coke or, or copping some something you know what i mean and he was like bust some shit he's like write some shit out real quick um and so i was like all right like just kick back like wrote a verse down recorded that shit it was nice you know considering who i was around and all that and i like growing up and like the people i've done music with i've always been the best out of anybody i'm fucking with right and so like people would always kind of gas me up about it like yo man but i think it would be because in comparison to who i was rapping with right people would be like yo you need to do something with this like you're you're the dopest motherfucker out here (laughs) and i always would take that shit with a grain of salt like i'd be like yeah but because i'm I'm my biggest hater so i'd be like yeah but i'm not good you know right um so it was always there right like hip-hop's always been my thing like it's always been the thing where i've gained most of my wisdom through hip-hop through watching interviews behind the scenes shit of artists that i admire seeing who they are behind the music yeah. And, you know, ad- admiring and idolizing some of these people. Um, so hip hop's always been a thing, man. I remember the first CD I bought was Bone Thugs, East 1999 Eternal. That was your first CD? First CD that I've bought. this combo a couple of times. I'm the only one who has whack ones, but we won't talk about that. But that's dope. That's a good first CD right there. And it wasn't like, that wasn't like the first shit I heard. That was the first shit I bought myself. Okay. Like growing up, my sister's Susan's age. She's 10 years older than me. You know what I mean? So like. She'd be taking me to school. I'd be listening to West Side Connection, Tupac, mm-hmm. all that well, shit. You got an ODB shirt on, right? Oh now. yeah, you know. Hey, I rapped on stage with Ghostface. You. No kidding, Ghostface, man. Yeah, I did ODB's verse to protect your neck. That's crazy, <laughs> dude. Yeah, incredible, dude. Top three coolest shit I've ever done in my life. Okay, so the dream, right? It was was it a pipe dream back then? Mm-hmm. And then when did it become something in your life where you're like, I'm gonna put the work because for me you know you'll hear people knocking people who are still trying to fall pursue whatever the dream is mm-hmm. whether it's you know stand-up comedy or uh, a podcast a podcast yeah there you go <laughs> or or music for you were you still hammering on the craft writing in the notebook doing all of that throughout all these years and or is it in the last three four years you're like you know what I would say so for me like I was I was doing so much street shit that like there was no time to be just kicking back and like writing raps but rap was always there right like if things were going good we'd be we'd be somewhere smoking drinking whatever and we're gonna rap like we're gonna rap you know what I mean yeah um it was always a pipe dream it was never like a I could really pursue this it was never like a I could really garner attention from this it was never like a I could make money from this Mm -hmm. um in the last 
five years. Yeah. Um, I got nice, right? Like I got way nice once my head clears. And then I started writing about my stories. Because before it was like, you're going to just talk about some shit that everybody wants to hear, right? Whether it's authentic or not. Okay. And for me, authenticity reigns king always. Yeah. It's like, that's cool that you're you're saying all this shit, but did you really do any of that? Do you actually know what that feels like? Like, do you actually know what it's like to be in that life? Yeah. And most people don't know. Most people that rap about it don't actually know about it. And so for me, like with my shit, like the Mad at Us, it's a cool track, right? But that's not even really my MO when I rap, right? Like when I rap, I'm talking about the economy in and like Bucky O'Neill Street up in Globe, right? Like I'm talking about real shit, real people, real scenarios, like real life stuff so for me it's just always been like once my head cleared and i was able to really like use my vocabulary use my intelligence understand more about the way to structure a verse yeah and have the headspace to do it Mm -hmm. that's when i was like i should probably i should i should give it a shot you know what i mean because i've had conversations with my dad right that whole business that he had all that shit got taken out from under him uh by my aunt and my uncle um, cause there was a, there was a, a mix up in my, my grandpa's estate and it was really all my grandpa's, but my dad ran all that shit. Mm-hmm. And so when my grandpa passed, my dad didn't even have control of it. So they ended up selling it out from under him. Right. And he didn't even want to do that. Like I've had conversations with him that broke me, you know what I mean? Where he's like, I didn't want to do this with my life. He's like, one day your grandpa comes home and says, I just bought a resort out in Roosevelt. You're going to run it. He's like, and that's what I did for 40 years. He's like, I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. He's like, I had other things I wanted to do. I had other goals I was trying to achieve, right? And that shit, when he told me that, that broke me, man. Like, that broke my heart. Because he worked his whole life just to get that shit stolen. Yeah, man, a sacrifice. Man, and, like, he busted his ass to, like, provide for me, right? And so, I look at it, especially now that I got a son, right? I don't ever want my son to look back at me and be like, man, you didn't even try. Mm. You didn't even give it a shot. Well, that carries some weight heavy for me right because it's like i'm working like i got a i got a fucking 40 plus hour a week job yep i'm being a dad yeah um i'm trying to be a good partner to susan Mm -hmm. i'm trying to be a good dad i'm trying to be present and i'm trying to do music yeah um so the goal for me right like the focus the drive the determination is all because i don't want to be my dad like I don't and that's not to down him you know what I mean he's a great man he's a always was an incredible father I learned most of what I know about how life works from him yeah but I look at it and I'm like man you could have just said fuck this and like gave your what you wanted to do a shot yeah be liberated a little bit just give it a shot you know what I mean it's like you could have still been running the business but taking a six month vacation or something to go maybe try and do something else at some point and see if you could get what you wanted to go going. And so, like, that's that's where it really weighs in on me, right? Like, that's why I try and take it seriously. That's when when I started to... When I moved down here and, like, I started to go record, mm-hmm. people who didn't know me, people who'd never met me, people who they deal with artists 24 hours straight, you know what I mean? They've had thousands of people come through their offices or whatever, right? And they're like, your shit's different. They're like, your shit, you could feel the authenticity, you can feel those places that you're talking about like you can feel that shit and it carries different weight than somebody who's just rapping about bricks they never touched and rapping about guns they never shot Mm -hmm. and so like that when i'm like that's what touches me right like when i hear somebody talking some authentic shit and it 
it makes me feel a certain way because I'm like, this is real shit. Like, this is real life. Like, people have actually gone through these scenarios and the fact that all they're doing is telling that story and it's it can change other people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. That's always been the cool thing for me about hip-hop is like, you're just up there telling your stories and it could affect somebody in a way to where it changes their life for the better. And is that the goal? Yeah. Like, I always tell people, I'm not trying to even be a millionaire with this shit. Yeah. If I can make sustainable income through it, but what I'm doing is music changes people's lives, man. Like, just hearing certain people's stuff. Like, there's hip-hop songs that have made me cry. Yeah. And, like, there's hip-hop songs that have taught me to carry myself the way I carry myself. So, like, honor, integrity, honesty. Yeah, certain artists that kind of... I, I know for sure when I listen to certain music, when someone's putting... You could just tell the amount of work they put into something. And you hear it and you're just like, man, this is refreshing. This wasn't like a one take. You know, this was like someone was hammering on the craft. And it's like it's inspirational. Yeah. Because like you, you hear the stuff they've been through and then where they are now. And it you're makes like, me better at my job that I do. And you're like, man, I could do I could do anything. <laughs> you're legitimately like, like the way I feel is with some people, I'm like, I could do anything. Yeah. Some of these hip hop cats, when you like... Cause that's me, right? Like, if I hear some shit, I'm like, "Wow, that was really dope." I'm immediately gonna go research that person and see if, like, is this real? Did he really have all these hardships, all these struggles, and all that shit, and he made it out of that? Yeah, a well, lot of them did. How do you manage the the socio pressures of pursuing that? Like, is it hard right now to be making music? Like, is it? I guess. A better way to think of it for me is is that encroaching on other areas of your life it can yeah um the reality of it is music is the one thing that it, it sucks to say right like music's the one thing that i won't allow to encroach on other parts of my life okay um because i try and look at it from it's almost a pessimistic standpoint where it's like i could end up not getting anything from this you know what i mean yeah but it's like where I'm at work, my family, like I'm getting, I, I can do that right. And I could succeed at that. Well, that's the, that's what's the first priority. Yeah. So it's like, I'm getting to the point I've had this realization. I've had these talks with myself. I've meditated on it. Like I'm going to lose sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sleeping less. Cause I'm going to be, there's going to be days where I, I work all day. I come home. I take care of the baby. I have dinner with the family, put the baby to sleep make sure Susan's good and then I'm at the studio all night or I'm at a show or something right and then I'm gonna be doing that all night and then I'm gonna come home and shower and go back to work like there's gonna be days like that there's gonna be nights like that and I'm okay with it yeah because it's what I want do you feel like you are you believe in yourself right now Yeah. yeah yeah more than you used to absolutely why um seeing the effect it's had on other people other people telling me yeah. like it's not anything i've done for myself right because i'm still the same person like i still feel the certain i still feel certain things about myself that i don't like um i know i could have a better work ethic shit like that right but when people from back home text me message me on social media of some kind and say something where i'm just like they're like, dude, I'll, you know, people be like, 
man, this, and it's not like a, a song, like that's like that song, that video, it's not meant to like get you through any tough times, right? But people are seeing where, they know who I am, they know where I've come from, and they see where I'm at now. Yep. And it's inspiring them. Mm-hmm. It's making them want to change their life. It's making them want to do something with themselves. It's making them want to get sober. It's making them, like it's making other people want to better themselves well there's some power there in what you're talking about and that's something we in our first couple episodes we had looped in was like the power of our peers because a lot of times people will i know that there's a lot of perpetuation of the ideology that like you know you can't let other people dictate how you feel but in a you know if we're being realistic people's perception of you is pretty important you mm-hmm. know and and how people feel and for people to even go out of their way to tell you that they're fucking with the stuff that you're putting out or that, like how it impacts them. And like to say for you is that that's really driving you right now. Yeah. And I've even had people that I don't know and I've never met say that kind of shit. Well, to that's me. what Chad yeah. was just saying. Well, bro, we get that with the podcast too. And you can, you can see, cause when you dropped, I don't know if that was your first video, mm-hmm. maybe two years ago almost. Yeah. The one take or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. you drop that one in comparison to this one that one was good but this one yeah this one's even better it's another level it's another level it's like a different sea leech you know you can see that over these last year or so two years you've definitely grinded and put it in some work and have gotten better yeah and that's a beautiful thing to see and we're experiencing that same thing with this podcast yeah you know what I mean? We're, you listen to our first episode, you listen to our episodes now, <laughs> there's a difference and we're slowly getting better. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole point of this thing, dude. You're killing it right now because you're talking about exactly what I originally envisioned this podcast to be. And it was to talk about what you're talking about right now. Inspiration, determination, motivation, what gets you out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's powerful drunk, stuff. <laughs> so and for you it's like uh to synthesize for people that Fucking are listening because so many people are incredibly talented you know i know we dealt with that with sissy art like tara we would look i'd look at her art and i'd be like yo i can't draw at all it's mm-hmm. not like when i look at her art i'm inspired to go draw mm-hmm. but i just i need for her to continue to pursue that passion because you know i i feel like there had been a joke where it was like you know why some of these artists are successful is because they're just dumb enough to continue to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. as shallow as that statement sounds, <laughs> it also is like, fuck, dude. Like there's a certain um, reward for just being like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to keep going. And, and like you said, the perception of other people is great. And I think in the beginning, you kind of have to just believe in yourself before anything else. Yeah. But then those other people kind of perpetuate it. So for you... Um, where you're at now, what would you, for somebody who's struggling with that or thinks they're good at something or anything like that, like has anything outside of that public validation encouraged you to lean into this? Is there anything that somebody who's struggling with diving into their art uh, that you could tell them maybe to push them to continue? So the biggest thing for me is like, I love hip hop. Okay. I love hip-hop yeah i will defend hip-hop i will fucking fight for hip-hop you know what i mean like i will like i will do things for music you know what i mean for people i've never met yeah for people who've inspired me right okay um the biggest thing about it for me is that i fucking love it like i love hip-hop you know what i mean and i can do it i can make hip-hop like 
I legitimately like I always have this joke. We when I was working at GoDaddy, me and a, a couple dudes there, we had a like a separate chat room from like the team chat, and all we did was talk about hip hop all day. And I used to always have this joke say, "We are the culture," because mm-hmm. it's like a rapper is nothing without the people who listen to him. Yeah, and you hear stuff, and these are kids who are not rappers, like they are not artists, but hip-hop inspires them to pursue what they want to pursue that they love a, a, a thing that they have that they can do that they can that they're good at like something that they know they're good at right but they're seeking that public validation to confirm whether or not they're good at it and for me i know i'm good right like i know i'm good i know i can rap i'm nice but for me like i love telling my stories I got a couple homies I shouted out in one of the songs. He called me the other day. He's still in the streets. Like, he's still doing all that shit. But he was like, he's like, man, like, he was high when I was talking to him. You know what I mean? But he's like, man, he's like, you fucking doing it, dog. He's like, you made it out the fucking mud. You know what I mean? Like, he just got back from a five-year bid. And he's like, he's like, you're fucking doing it, man. Mm -hmm. He's like, you got out of all that shit. Like, he just started recapping a couple stories. You know what I mean? And he's like, and now look at you. And it's like, even though that's not, like, I'm not where I am because of hip-hop. But because of the fact that I'm pursuing things I love, being a good father, mm. being a good family member, being a good son, good brother, being a, a dependable employee, those are things I love, right? And so because I pursue them, I'm happy. Because I'm not doing what somebody else is telling me to do or I'm not doing what the, the norm in society is because I'm actually doing things that make me happy. I'm better at them. So it's not just, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing or, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to write a book. I love doing it. And so I keep doing it. I keep getting better at it. And then I believe in myself more, but also the, the public validation comes along with that because people see you working. People see you grinding. People see you putting in the, the effort, putting in the time mm-hmm. and remaining positive and not complaining and not bitching about shit because you might not have everything you want right now. And that's all there is to it for me, right? Like, when I die, I don't want people to be sad, right? I want people to be like, he lived. Yeah. He lived his fucking life, you know what I mean? Like, he went through all the hard shit, all the bullshit, and he, he came out on top regardless. And if even if it's not true, he felt that. Mm. Like, even if I Even if so-and-so down the block doesn't think I made it, my mama thinks I made it. There you go. Don't be sad because it's over. Smile because it happened. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about I, the journey. Well, and I thank you, man. I appreciate it. I mean, this hour has absolutely flown by, and I think for me it's really cool. I know that I got a really close friend who was working a job that was really rough on him, man, and he uh, they had to part ways with the job, and I remember I was talking to him, and I was like, man, I'm a little bit envious because he's completely liberated right now, you know? And it's just that like false dichotomy that he had in his mind where it's like, oh, I'm not going to be all right without it. I'm not going to be okay if this happens or that happens. And that full, and I, and I think Lauren, I don't know if you heard her podcast, but Lauren absolutely burned down the house as well. And she was talking about just being completely free from the confines of whatever it was, you know, whatever it was, whether it was a, a false belief system or an actual job or some financial stressors or whatever it was, man. And so for me, I know that even last night I was talking to my family and they were just telling me like, don't, don't undermine happiness. You know what I mean? Don't undermine 
the value of something being less stressful and, and, and don't so, minimize it right like just because it might not be what's good like what's good for me might not be good for you mm. and i have to know that i can't i can't do what's right for anthony for me that ain't gonna work in my life you know what i mean yeah so it's like if someone because everybody has something they're passionate about right some motherfuckers are passionate about working a nine-to-five job for somebody else and they do it and they're happy because that's what they love to do yeah you're not wrong so it's like, I always tell people, like, if it's what you really want, fucking do it. Sacrifice what you have to sacrifice to do it. Mm. But at the same time, like, where was I going with that? <laughs> well, and I mean, well, what you're saying, too, is like, if it's because a nine to five, it's like, I don't, I'm not sitting here scrutinizing a person because for me with where my life is going now, it's like working my job is a means to enable me to this do the stuff I love right mm-hmm. this moment can I integrate maybe a job that's going to be something that I'm passionate about I hope so right you know I that would be just crazy right I'd be the purple teletubby right now if it paid enough money right you know what I mean like right. I got no no shame around it <laughs> but uh, a lot of controversy with that so I don't think you want that <laughs> okay I'll be a lot of weird things the red teletubby then oh, all those okay. teletubbies were doing weird one? shit bro you don't want nothing to do with that dude. so but I think for for you it's like and one thing I don't know if we touch on is is the support like I know for me I feel blessed to have people in my life like Chad and David where it's like we're full send man Mm -hmm. whatever it is it's like hey if you want to try it let's go feel it out Mm -hmm. you know what I mean we're not gonna like I'm probably the most pessimistic person in the room as far as these three go straight up dude and this whole podcast started from a conversation at a Lenny's Burger off the I-17 Indian School 1130 at night bro Mm -hmm. and like fucking here we are yeah well, that's beautiful. Chad, wrap it up for us. And hey, thanks again, man. My pleasure. Yeah, if you got something. I go, bro, you know I got something, yeah, I dude. You do. First off, if you were on this podcast, Chris, that means you were a fucking wild kid. If we know you, you were a fucking wild kid, bro. <laughs> and we're fucking glad to have you on, dude. Mm-hmm. Where can we hear your song, your music? You what's go. your Instagram? What's your Look plug? At this guy. Tell us where it's at. That's solid. That's solid. Uh, I'm at CLeachAZ on all platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Uh, the song's available right now on all platforms iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music Tidal, fucking everywhere um, and the video's on YouTube mm-hmm. yeah see Leech featuring De La Prime. don't hey, be mad at me hashtag don't be chat at me bro don't dude. be chat at me hey and those sweet vape sounds you heard coming from fucking see Leech's mic bro guess what dude <laughs> butt out e-cigs promo hey. code last week out get 20% off your order that lo-fi banger Devin J. Hancock and our beautiful beautiful artwork is by Sissy R so please don't forget to go and like all the homies, dude, like us, subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, it don't fucking matter, get on there, we're on fucking, we're on PornTube, no, we ain't on PornTube, nah. I'm just kidding. hey, hey, <laughs> not all of us, right, like, not, not all of us, yeah, yeah, just chat, right, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, fucking, hey, Cuzzy Wuzzy fucking signing out, thank you guys, we thank love you, thank you guys, yeah, love you guys, much love.